step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Tonight, a deep dive into inflation. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. Man, Steve, we're all feeling the effects of inflation. We have been for months now. Gas station, grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's interesting because I think it affects different people in different ways. And it's interesting to kind of dive into how that's all playing out. Well, guess who is bothered the most by inflation? Retirees. I I mean, if you're retired, you probably remember vividly the late 70s and early 80s. And, and, you know, we saw inflation get up close to 20 percent. It was scary. And, and, you know, there was no end in sight. The Federal Reserve was doing everything they could. Uh, The the administration, the Nixon administration at the time, um, uh, they, you know, they they thought they were doing everything right. And it it really took a new Federal Reserve chair to step on uh, step on board and make some drastic changes. And they finally got it under control. Whip. I don't know if you remember that whip inflation now yes or when i'm sorry but yeah anyway that's you know that that's the big concern that retirees remember and if you're retired that means you're on a fixed income you know so especially if you're getting a pension of a thousand dollars a month that buys a thousand dollars worth of goods now what happens when those goods cost 15 or 1600 and you're still getting your thousand so right. yeah there's some serious concern and i get it completely yeah, I mean, without a doubt, when it comes to inflation, age matters. Uh, and to your point, uh, if you don't remember, right, if you're under the age of 40, you probably uh, don't understand, right, like the implications of this long term. If you're no, older, why would you? You've lived through this before. Yeah. yeah. But also, you have kind of worst case scenario in your head because what we've seen is not these inflation numbers that we're seeing right now, five, six, seven percent, but, you know, double that in yeah. some cases on a yeah. lot of things. So, so that matters. Also, your paycheck, right? How much you bring home matters when it comes to inflation. Lower income families, without a doubt, are just more concerned. Oh. Yeah. Because you you have a certain amount, right? You're maybe living paycheck to paycheck, um, and when the paycheck doesn't cover as much as it did, see, that's when difficult decisions are made. Do you buy the generic brand? Do you not buy what you bought before? The energy bill starts coming in. It's more expensive. Do you buy less groceries? Like, that's a really tough place. Oh, tough decisions. And some of these aren't really decisions. I, I, I mean, here's the problem with inflation. It is the worst tax imaginable. I mean, who thinks of inflation as being a tax? Well, it kind of is. I, yeah. I mean, if if you go fill up your gas tank and it costs you 20 or $25 more than it did a couple of months ago, that's 20 or $25 less to spend on something else. If you make a million dollars a year, eh, you shrug it off. But if you're like me or you or the average person, no, this impacts your decisions. And, yeah. and you know, over the past couple of years and more than a couple of years, 
we've been looking at way below average inflation, zero, almost zero inflation to, you know, one, one and a quarter percent. And, and, you know, you're getting good returns on investments, you know, maybe not earning interest or anything else. And you really don't think about it because, you know, you're seeing you're, you're able to buy things and, and do things and, and, you know, you're, you're helping the economy. Well, it's going the exact opposite way now. And, and that's the concern with inflation is you still need food. You still need gas to get to work. Um, rent, okay, maybe that hasn't changed yet, but it will next time uh, your lease comes up. Maybe you have to buy a car uh, and take out a car loan. These costs are all going up. You carry a balance on your credit card, it's going to cost you more. So it's time to sit down and say, wow, okay, we got to make some hard decisions and stay in front of this because there's less money available. Well, you just think about it like on a daily basis, right? So I had to um, fill up my gas tank yesterday. Oh, your gas tank. I drive a tank. That's a home equity line of credit And that's the only way my children and I can arrive, (laughs) go from point A to point B in one piece is for me to drive a tank. Uh, But just a year ago, right, it it cost maybe 40 bucks for me to fill up my, now it's 60 bucks. Yeah. Okay. And then you look at the grocery store, right? I had to run to Kroger um, and just for, you know, five, 10 things. Uh, you know, it was like 15, 20% more than it yeah. was last year. In some cases, more than that. I went to dinner with friends last night. I ordered a salad with chicken on it, and it was 20 bucks for a salad. <laughs> I mean, chicken, you know, it's expensive. Right. I, I think these days it is, you know? It it's, is. It's a, well, it, it is. Yeah. And it, so uh, just across the board, it's like everywhere, every time you go to pick, pull out your credit card or to pull out cash, yeah. you're paying more for the same thing that a year ago. And I think it's because it's happened so quickly, right? These and prices have gone up yeah. that it, I remember very well that just a year ago, it did not feel like this. Yeah, and a couple of months ago, what the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve call it? Transitory. Like, yes. Can we just like cross that word off of the face of the earth? Yes, you know, not so e- temporary. E- even the Fed said, no, no it, it, okay, that was kind of a mistake. No, inflation is here for a while. When, when we saw wage increases going up as much as they, they were, that's when we said, Hey, this isn't this isn't short term. When you started wages, saying that months ago, right, right away, exactly yeah, I, right. I've been through it before. That's the yeah. advantage. That's about the only advantage of being an old guy. But you remember, <laughs> you remember last time it happened. But you know, it, it's it's true. When wages go up, they don't come back down. They stay there, and and it ripples through the economy. Where hey, wait a second, you hired this new guy for how much, and I'm still making how much, and haven't had a raise in four years. Hey, I need a little piece of that, you know. And and so you're gonna see inflation continue on. Now, I think. The Federal Reserve, we think the Federal Reserve is doing the right things. We hope it's not too little too late. We hope it's not too much too fast because it is such a knife edge that the Federal Reserve has to operate on to get inflation in check without driving us into a recession. I think I think they're doing it right so far, but I we have to watch this real closely. The bottom line is the way it affects you and me and everybody else, Amy, is is inflation is the the long term death of a financial plan and we've got to get it under control and you've got to be aware of it and now's the time to stay out in front and take a hard look at your expenses what can i cut so i still have the money to do what i have to do like heat the house in the winter like drive to work Yes, you're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC as we take a deep dive into inflation. Who is it impacting? How is it impacting us? Interestingly, uh, Steve, location matters. Uh, yeah. So an int- interesting survey done on this showed that those here in the Midwest, along with those who live in the South, actually think inflation will hit harder than those who live in the West and Northeast. Well, why is that? Well, I think we were used to low prices, right? Yeah. You go to New York and you know you're going to pay a ridiculous amount for a beer or a hot dog 
yeah. or a slice of pizza. I I think people there are used to inflated prices. Here, <laughs> we enjoy this very affordable way yeah. of living, right? We were just talking uh, this week about the fact that Cincinnati is the 23rd most affordable metro area, and that we're surprised it's actually not higher on yeah. that list, right? And so we're used to these affordable prices. And so when inflation does hit, we feel it. Yeah, I still keep in touch with, with friends that I grew up with because I grew up in in New Jersey. And, and people on, on both coasts, they're, they're kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and part, of the reason, <laughs> part of the reason is... That explains a lot, well, Steve. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's genetic, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But, but they're kind of used to crazy price increases. I mean, you've got property taxes on average, three-bedroom homes. I, I know on the East Coast, you can easily pay twelve to $15,000 a year in property tax on an average home, on an average lot in an average neighborhood, and every year it goes up 5 to 10%. I mean, they're just used to that. We're, we have one of the best values, uh, cost values of living in, in the whole U.S. in the Midwest. So we're, you know, we're used to having things kind of stay the same. And now all of a sudden we're getting sucked up into this uh, high inflation. I mean, it's gone from under 2% to over 6% in what, a couple months? Yes. You know, and this is big. I, I mean, you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas station, you see it everywhere. And that's not just six percent in a lot of cases. So, yeah, I think there is a lot more anxiety here. And I, I get that completely. And, and I, I wish I can say it'll be over tomorrow. But I got a funny feeling it's not going to be over tomorrow. Well, I mean, an economist, right, the people who look at these things on a daily basis and crunch all the numbers are saying, hey, about that temporary inflation maybe mid-2022, late 2022. And so here on Main Street, that sounds like a really, really long time. Uh, And this is where you have to reassess your budget, right? Are you paying extra for things that maybe aren't necessary? This is Mm -hmm. where you get down back down to the wants versus needs, right? If you're having trouble paying the bills at the end of the month, uh, those wants maybe have to kind of fall by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, I I, I like to every once in a while, every three, six months or so, take a look at my monthly experience expenses, you know, I, okay, do I still want to do Netflix? Do I still want to do, you know, these are wants. These are not things yep. that you need to live for, like, like you know, gas to get to work and uh, rent, mortgage, stuff like that. So, you know, I reassess that all the time, and I, I caught myself. I, um, okay, I, I like XM radio. We, you know, make road trips. We drive a lot, especially in the summertime, and that uh, one-year deal of $12 a month became mm-hmm. $40, and I missed it oh. for two months. Oh, yeah, so, gosh. yeah, made a phone call, back down. Yeah, you know, yeah. but if you don't pay attention, you're going to pay a lot for stuff that maybe you don't really use. So, yeah, I, I hate to use the B word, but budget, you've got to know where the spend, where the money goes. And, and well, things like Gas Buddy, you know, yes. I don't know if you've ever used that, but, man, if I, if I have to fill up the tank, I just open up the app. What are the prices for gas within 10 miles of where I live? Oh, man, I can save 30 cents a gallon here. Nice. It's, it's The difference is shopping smarter. And when prices yeah. are low everywhere, well, you can shop anywhere and it, convenience is, can rain. But in a time of high inflation, maybe it's you drive a little farther, right? You drive a mile or two farther down the road to get the cheaper gas. Or um, if you know that your grocery store, I mean, for years now they've been talking about how Kroger um, makes their money, right? The highest margins on some of the things that you can get from Target or Walmart, things like shampoo and conditioner and things like that. That's where Mm -hmm. the biggest markup is. Well, maybe you have to make another stop, um, but maybe you can save more on those 
kinds of things somewhere else. So this is where shopping smarter really has to um, really has to come into play. Yeah, and let's talk about how what you can do. I, I, I mean, okay, fine. You're worried about you know inflation and what can I do with my money? Um, I'm hearing some bad stuff. I, I mean, maybe you should put all your money in gold, or maybe you should put it in crypto. Yeah, please, please don't. I, I know there's some attractiveness there, and okay, you know, gold is a fear-based in investment, so um, a lot of people and a lot of TV commercials are going to say that's the place to go. Yeah, maybe for a little tiny bit of your money, but maybe not. I, I mean, long-term investment in gold, crypto is all over the place. It's totally unregulated. You still need to stick to the basics, and, you know, it, that includes bonds. Um, I have a lot of people concerned about, well, should I even be in bonds if interest rates are going up? Aren't bonds bad when interest rates go up? Not really. It's kind of like CDs. If you buy short-term CDs, interest rates going up is good. If you mm-hmm. can buy short-term bonds, interest rates going up is, is good. Um, well, yeah, but I'm in a mutual fund in my 401k in bonds. Isn't that bad? It depends. There are long-term mutual funds. There are short-term mutual funds. There generally are money market funds available in your 401k. So for the portion you don't want in, the, in stocks and you want to play it safe and keep that shock absorber, don't rule out bonds. Just make sure you're in the type of bonds that don't lose as much when interest rates do go up, and, and your investment advisor can help you with that. Well, and don't keep more in, in savings than you need, right? Don't keep yeah. it in cash because that cash isn't growing. And I I feel bad for the people who pulled their money out of the market um, when things started to tank, when this pandemic started, you know, in mm-hmm. February, March of 2020 and are waiting for the time. Some to are still in, in. cash. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? So you've you've missed out on all of this growth. But what is growing is inflation, the, the price that you're paying for everything. So your money is not going as you know far. Nathan and Eddie used to have this fantastic way of putting it, but it's going broke safely. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a that's a way that it happens, right? When you, your investments are not outpacing inflation. Yeah, but but an emergency fund needs to be a safe yes. investment for that portion of your money that Major you need caveat. for emergencies. It's not the return on your investment. It's the return of your investment. That's the definition of a bank account. Without a doubt. Here's a Simply Money point. Even though we might all be thinking about inflation differently, we're still all being impacted by its effects. And it's something we'll likely have to deal with for at least the next six months. So you can't stick your head in the sand. If you can't listen to Simply Money every night, subscribe to our weekly podcast. It's the best of Simply Money. You'll find it on the iHeart app or wherever you find your podcast. Coming up, how to take advantage of your tax planning sweet spot in retirement. We'll explain. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC. We are the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sproback. This lesser used savings account, one of the best ways to save on taxes and retirement. We'll explain ahead at 643. Steve, I've got some really, really (laughs) bad news for you. There is a cream cheese shortage, and this could impact your dessert this holiday season. You know what it impacts for me? What's that? Uh, Have you ever had Skyline Chili Dip? Yeah. Well, there's cream cheese and Skyline Chili Dip, and so, like, that's a really bad news because there's less of that for the Bengals game and all the bowl (laughs) games this year. But I like what Kraft is doing. So Kraft actually is the maker of Philadelphia cream cheese, and because of the shortage, they've gotten pretty creative. And from a marketing standpoint, I think it's pretty genius. Well, you know, uh, it is, and and. A year ago, this would have really upset me, but I'm a new man after heart surgery. <laughs> Cream cheese, unfortunately, is off the menu, Not just on your like list. just like the 7 p.m. graders fix that I had oh, for too long, too which bad. is 
the, the cause and effect, I guess, when all is said and done. But this helps me because Kraft is giving, while it's available, $20 digital rewards to 18,000 people. First come, first serve, but they want you, if you can't get their cream cheese, they want you to buy one of their other desserts, maybe a little bit more heart healthy for somebody like me. I'll take the 20 bucks. Well, and I have to say, right, we're having Christmas Eve in our house. Uh, I don't know, maybe like 15 people here, and I'm doing the dessert. So it's like pulling out dessert recipes, and every single one of them I was looking at has cream cheese in it, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, this may not be so good. Um, and so what they're saying is, hey, if you can't have your standard cheesecake that you have that for holidays this year, um, we'll give you 20 bucks towards something else, and we yeah. hope you come back to the cheesecake next Mac year. and cheese. There you go. <laughs> Mac and cheese for dessert. What the heck? Just put some chocolate syrup on top yeah. of it. Two apparently, of my favorite things. Apparently, I'm, sure. I'm not a dessert cook. Oh, well. <laughs> yes, clearly not. If you are interested in this, it all goes down Saturday and Sunday. You can get on their website. Uh, much more information there. Every Sunday, you can find the All Worth Advice column in the Cincinnati Inquirer, and you can also find it on Cincinnati.com. Every Friday, though, we like to preview it for you right here. Um, first question comes from Richard, who lives in Campbell County. He says, my wife and I are in our early 60s. We both just retired. Uh, we're interested in trying to figure out how we can save on taxes. Yeah, great question. I And this is one that, um, man, right, my sweet spot, because you're in a sweet spot right now. You just yeah. retired. You're in your 60s, but you're not old enough where you have required minimum distributions. So this is, I well, I'm not going to save you taxes today, but I'm going to save you a lot down the road. Amy, we talk about Roth conversions all the time. And, you know, if you're if you just retired, guess what? Your income is lower. Well, that's bad, isn't it? Well, it's good for your tax bracket. Sure. So here's here's the way it works. It's right around eighty thousand dollars adjusted gross income that that means after the twenty five thousand dollars standard standard deduction for a married couple. When you go above eighty thousand, roughly, uh, you jump from a twelve percent income tax bracket to twenty two percent. So you might as well fill up that tax bracket and go up to 80000 if you're only making thirty or forty in retirement and do a Roth conversion. Talk to your accountant first on this, but here's what you're doing. You're voluntarily shifting money from a traditional IRA or 401k into a Roth IRA, okay? And that means you're going to pay tax. Well, that's bad, isn't it? That's not saving. No, you pay tax at 12% today, and now it's in a Roth IRA where if your Roth is there five years and you're over 59 and a half, that money comes out tax-free at some point and does not have a required minimum distribution. So you just got two great advantages at today's tax rates, which I don't know about you, Amy. I think they may go up. Yeah, well, without a doubt, right? We look yeah. at all, all the money that the government is spending right now. Another thing to consider is um, selling long-term stock gains. Once yeah. again, you're in the sweet spot, right? So you're going to pay less taxes on those gains that you would have um, when that paycheck was coming in or that you might have to when you get into your 70s and have to be pulling, drawing down RMDs. So yeah. when you're kind of in this middle spot, there's a lot of opportunities that are available to you. Start thinking through your employee stock options, right? Is it, does it make sense mm -hmm. to sell some of those off right now? Um, lots of opportunities. Hey, here's one thing a lot of people just don't know. You may have a zero percent tax rate on those long-term gains. I mean, again, yes. talk to your accountant, but if you make below about $80,000, um, you may not have to pay any capital gains on the gains that you take up to. Again, it's about $80,000, but talk to your accountant, make sure it's all, all set up before you actually sell the stock because uh, once you sell it, it's locked in, and I hope you were right on your guesstimate. 
I want to quickly get to this last question yeah. from Ken and Sarah Montgomery. They've got a 529 set up for their son. Any tips for how to use it when you start taking withdrawals once he's in college? Yeah, just make sure it goes for qualified educational expenses, uh, tuition, room, board, books. Yeah, the, those are those are qualified expenses. And probably have the check paid to the institution. That avoids you having approved to the IRS. Yeah, I took it out in the correct year. Yes, it was reimbursement. Here's my proof. Yeah, you do have the option of having it sent to the beneficiary, right? You just have to make sure that person is good about keeping receipts yeah. uh, and it has everything there that they can show for it either way. Um, but the thing I like about the 529 is it's incredibly flexible. The government seems to every few years increase the number of things that it can cover. Um, so lots of options there um, for, for that 529. Uh, coming up, these lesser known tricks can actually help you stand out in your next Zoom interview. That's ahead at 634. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. We are the talk station. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Listening to Simply Money tonight. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. All right, if a few years ago you would have reached out to me, told to me, and asked me to zoom you, I would have not had any idea what you were talking about. But now we all know what Zoom is, and it's become so common in our lives that now we're starting to do interviews and search for jobs via Zoom. Joining us tonight with some great insights on how to best do that and present ourselves in this virtual world is Carla Messer. She's the Chief Results Officer of Best Work, Assistant Professor at Indiana University East. Goodness, Carla, when you think about all the changes that have come about as the result of this pandemic, but this is one of the biggest ones, we've learned how to connect with people in such a virtual way. I agree, Amy. This has really basically disrupted everything we know about meetings. And if we think really back to those of us who remember things like the Jetsons and how futuristic it seemed that we might actually be talking to people that we could see. And then, you know, we began to do that with our iPhones. But now to just really be so dependent on this virtual medium is quite incredible. 
So how is it? Because I think for some people who are interviewing in this way, it has to be the first time. We've never done anything like this before. So how is it different to interview for a job and try to connect with someone when you're sitting in your own house in front of a laptop? This is a great question because we have so many opportunities to connect virtually on Zoom, but they're not all the same. So when we're one of a hundred participants on a call and our face is the size of a postage stamp, that's a radically different approach to planning than we need when we're the center of attention in an interview. And, you know, we, we talked about Zoom and Zooming, but the truth of the matter, what really trips up a lot of people is that they throw an application that they are not familiar with. They may be familiar with Zoom, but we're also using WebEx and Teams, and there are, you know, other applications that people are using. And so one of the common mistakes is just being unfamiliar with the tool that's being used. So the first question you should ask in the interview when you've been asked to, to do an, a virtual interview is what, what tool, what application they're going to be using, and make sure you have that downloaded in the full version and have had a chance to know what all the buttons do if it's one that you haven't used. Oh, my gosh, I'm so guilty of this. Luckily, it was just a meeting, not an interview. But someone said, we need to connect. It was a pretty important issue. They sent me, and it was in an app that I have never used before. And they were connected waiting for me for probably a good 15 minutes before I could figure out how to connect. So I, I can only imagine if you were in a high-pressure situation, uh, stressed out about getting ready to do an interview, and then can't connect on time. So understanding what that technology is, how it works, what else do we need to keep in mind? Well, of course, by now, if anybody has watched any uh, of the Zooms, you know when you see somebody who doesn't have the right background, when you see all of their things in their house piled up behind them, it's very distracting. We all have seen that before. And so these are the first things we have to do. And a lot of people are very worried about, I don't have a, a clean space. And particularly for those who live in a in a smaller space, we may not have the perfectly, you know, clear back wall to uh, serve as a background. And so this is why those virtual backgrounds have become so popular right now, because you can have all kinds of things behind you and hide all of that stuff behind a virtual background. And in fact, people can walk quietly behind you and not see you. And so if if you have the opportunity to pick a background and, um, and or a virtual background, that's the first thing we want to do. In general, we're trying to eliminate any distractions. So if the interview is going on and they're distracted by sounds of a barking dog or somebody mowing the lawn outside or um, construction going on, all of those things are going to detract from your messaging. So finding a good space, a quiet space is, is going to be the most important thing that you can do. And then, you know, from there, um, making sure that you've prepared your computer. These are the things that people often forget. Turn off your notification, close your email and other files so that you don't get a pop-up right in the middle of an, of an interview that distracts you. You know, and also because this is such a different concept, and you're right, it's one thing to sit in a meeting with 30 other people where your face is hardly able to be seen on this, and, and another thing to be interviewing. How do you practice for an interview that's going to take place via Zoom or one of these other meets? Yeah, practice is really important, even if it's just a, you know, a two or three minute production practice so that you 
know how to use all the buttons. You have logged on. You have adjusted the volume, etc. And then every one of these tools has a recording feature. So you can either record yourself answering the questions, um, but even just pulling yourself up and looking at your own video and adjusting all of those elements will give you an idea of what it looks like. But, you know, nothing... Nothing speaks louder to us than seeing actual video or hearing ourselves to understand, is my volume loud enough? Am I going to be that person who's, um, whose head is, is very small and darkly lit on the screen? And those are things that don't make good first impressions. So what we're yeah. trying to do here is center our face and allow all of these nonverbals to be seen and to um, you know, be the focus of attention. You know, you mentioned nonverbals, and it is, it's difficult when someone's one-dimensional rather sitting across the table with you. And I know that, you know, often I've been interviews in the past, and you can tell when it's wrapping up because their, their posture starts to shift. Uh, you can tell it's over. But how do you, how can you tell in a Zoom interview whether, okay, it's time to exit, and how do you do that gracefully? Well, I have two answers to this. First of all, because I have kind of a rainmaker uh, background myself and, and sales, I think that in any interview, you should be closing at the end of the interview. And so one of the ways that you can do this is by asking the interviewers, what are the next steps? And then when they're finished, you know what those next steps are. But I also recommend in this situation where you are the interviewee to stay on until the very end and they either ask you to leave or that they say, uh, you know, here's what our next steps are, and they log off first. One of the things we don't want to do is avoid missing any last-second questions that they may have. Any horror stories, Carla, that you've heard about someone who just really bombed this process? Well, I I have a couple of stories where the the. The problem has been continually someone who does not adjust their volume or doesn't speak loud enough. And so, oh. you know, oftentimes in an interview, we're nervous, and that can cause us to speak either uh, slower, more quietly, or speed us up and speak really fast. So our rate of speech can be directly influenced oftentimes um, by our stress level. And so the biggest mistake really was an entire interview that at the end of the interview, the, the interview panel team on Zoom said, we didn't hear anything that this person had to say. They oh. just basically kind of nodded and kept asking questions, but they didn't really hear anything despite asking numerous times for um, higher volume. And so this is the worst case scenario where the things that you need to share your competitive advantage are missed because of either a technical or because of a lack of confidence. So practicing really tells you whether or not you're going to be heard or not. Great insights on what to do and what not to do if you have to do a Zoom interview, a virtual interview. And I'm assuming that probably a lot of people, if you're out there looking for jobs right now, will likely be hired in that way. Uh, Carla Messer has been joining us tonight. She's the Chief Results Officer of Best Work and an Assistant Professor at Indiana University East. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55 Kerasy, the talk station. Listening to Simply Money, I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. If you want to see where inflation is going, well, we would say check your local used car lot. We will explain why Wall Street is paying super close attention to this previously minor economic indicator. That's ahead in 10 minutes. All right, this is something I'm a huge fan of, one of the best savings accounts when it comes to your retirement. One that you may, may be missing out on, the health savings account. I'm going to say this, Steve. 
I'm a huge fan. Yeah. You're not as big I, I'm a fan. not. Yeah, a health savings account is an account, by the way, you can only use it, and I know you're a big proponent, and I'm not against them. They have a great use but can only be used in a high-deductible health insurance plan. Yes. So, yeah, you've got to, you've got to, and your employer knows exactly what qualifies and, and does not qualify, but if you have a high-deductible or you are considering a high-deductible health insurance plan, an HSA is a pretty darn good way to, to start saving money pre-tax to be used at a later date for those health expenses or maybe even in retirement. So we don't have any chronic conditions in my family. And and I think if you do, then a high deductible plan is probably likely off the table. I know many people who've run the numbers and said, we know what we pay out of pocket every year. And, you know, we know what our insurance covers and it just doesn't make sense. My plan every year is that I'm going to pay um, any health care cost out of pocket. Um, and then what I do is I put as much money into the HSA, the health savings account, as I can. And the reason why I love these is, of course, the tax advantage. There's nothing. Oh, it's tax advantages are huge. A gift from Uncle Sam that comes with a bow on top. Yeah. And I don't know how many gifts you've gotten from Uncle Sam <laughs> with a bow on top no, in your none. lifetime, but. Zilch. but he doesn't send out very many of these. So it's triple tax advantage, meaning it's it's coming out of your gross pay into this account. You don't pay taxes on it then. It grows, right, without mm-hmm. tax-free. And then when you take it out for qualified medical expenses, tax-free. And these have evolved over the past few years in a huge way where you can also invest this money so it grows. When you look at the fact that the average couple, and I just saw, Steve, the latest numbers um, from Fidelity, if you are going to retire as a couple in 2021, you better have $300,000 yeah. set aside for health care costs in retirement. So if you can, if, if all of those things work out for you, right, a high deductible plan can make sense. You have a little bit of money on the sidelines that you can go ahead and pay for health care costs as they come up. What I mean, what we choose to do is just keep pushing that money toward the future with a plan to use it in retirement. Yeah, and and, and a family can put up to seventy two hundred bucks a year into these plans. And and I have run financial plans with people that have done these from day one, and they might have forty or fifty or sixty thousand dollars in their HSA, and it's invested, which only five percent of the people are doing. And most people in HSA plans just keep it in a bank account, earning almost zero interest. But You can open up an HSA through a brokerage firm, invest that money. It continues to grow tax-deferred. And in certain cases, I mean, some of these people that have good balances, they're going to use these in retirement. They're going to use that $50,000, dollars $70,000 in in accumulated HSA funds. And now in retirement, that could be used for, again, qualified medical expenses like vision. That's not covered by Medicare like dental that's not covered by Medicare. So it works great. Here's the problem I had with it. I tried this for two years and it only took two outpatient visits for a procedure my wife had that ate up the 72, well at the time it was less than 7,200 was allowed, but ate up all the money that we had put in the plan. And I, I, in our case, it just didn't work. So your comment about if you have medical conditions that are ongoing, that are, are chronic, maybe not but maybe if you can afford to pay for those expenses out of a different account. And and in that case, it can work, yeah. I will say, and and this is one thing that I came across during this time, it is my infamous bowling injury where I broke my rib. (laughs) It's not a contact sport. Allie, right? (laughs) Only I would, of course, be talking to someone else, not paying attention, fall on top of the ball return, (laughs) 
break a rib. Uh, and so a few weeks later, I go to my doctor in so much pain, uh, and he says, I'm going to give you a shot, and I think you should go and get an X-ray. And, I'm, and I said to him, well, like, what's the point of having an X-ray? Like, you're not going to do anything different. But yeah. the reason why I was asking that question, I wouldn't normally do it, is because I'm hearing cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching in my ear yeah. because yeah. I know I'm going to have to pay that out of pocket. So I think some of the proactive things that you would do um, – if you have, if you didn't have a high deductible plan, it just changes. So, a lot of factors to keep in mind here. But if a high deductible plan ultimately makes sense for your family, an HSA should be a no-brainer coming along with that. And Steve, a lot of employers, right, to incentivize you because they pay less for a high deductible plan, mm-hmm. um, will give you some seed money for that HSA. So sometimes there's free money oh, in that as well. If your employer matches, you really have to consider it because you know, general advice. Free money, don't turn it down. If the employer is going to match, yeah, take a hard look and, and consider an HSA. Here's the Simply Money point. Make saving in a health savings account, an HSA, one of your financial priorities if you're eligible and it makes sense for your family. All right, check out the used car lot. Why Wall Street is paying super close attention to this previously minor economic indicator. That's ahead in 10 minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. You know, Wall Street looks at a number of things, um, but one that's all the rage in 2021 is something that Wall Street probably doesn't look at a lot, right? When you think of the Wall Street muckety-muck, Steve, you don't think of them driving used cars. So no. why are they paying such close attention to what's going on at a used car lot? Yeah, you know, Ed Fink used to have his Baltic Exchange Dry Index. He talked about it so <laughs> much, but I'll tell you what, it helped him predict and, and make uh, uh, really good uh, advice uh, gave really good advice in 2008. I, I mean, it, yeah. it was a real good indicator, and people are starting to think that used car prices are a good forward indicator of where the economy is heading. Mannheim Index pro- uh, provides a monthly update on the prices of used cars that are sold in wholesale auctions. So, yeah. you know, used used car market's going nuts. I mean, if if anybody is shopping for a used car, you're 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 going to be shocked because yeah. you can't get new cars, so people say, "All right, what else you got on the lot?" and 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 you know, dealers are going to be hiking prices up because, "Okay, I don't have new cars to sell you and you need something, so let's get you something used." And and those prices have been going up a ton lately. Before anyone ever started talking about this issue with used cars, my brother, uh, his job is in wholesale auctions in the used car industry, and he started talking about, hey, like, it's getting really wacky. Like, we're seeing things we've never seen before. No kidding. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was funny. All of a sudden, Dan says that, and then about a month or two later, it, it's all over the headlines. So honestly, what they've been seeing has kind of been an indicator of where the economy is going and also specifically what's happening with inflation. Yeah. Um, so when we see these used car prices inch up, inflation usually follows almost along the same lines, which is why tracking this percentage, you know, month to month, how much it's going up or how much it's going down seems to be making a lot of sense. And Wall Street's being a lot of close attention to that right now. Yeah, it's kind of the canary in the coal mine. A, a wholesale prices measured by Mannheim, they, they jumped 8.3 percent in April. Uh, which was up 54% over the year earlier. Two months later in June, used car prices, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, they jumped 10.5%. You know, so we're we're seeing a correlation between inflation and used car prices. And, and you know, it, it uh, obviously prices were going up a lot. The trend I'm seeing lately is that the... 
pace of increase is slowing down. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that's a precursor of general inflation because my fear is, you know, inflation is going to get a lot worse than the Fed is is fessing up to. And and I hope I'm wrong. Um, I'm tracking a a slightly different index. It's not as well. It's it's part of the Mannheim index, but it's used heavy equipment prices, you know, because this is construction and that's called the Mannheim steamroller index. It gets really popular around Christmas time. Do you have tickets to the front row to look at that index? <laughs> no, no. I you really had me up. going there. I was like, wait, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, stay on, I try to stay on top of all things financial. You are. You yeah. are. Well, off of the Mannheim steamroller and back to the Mannheim, Mannheim index, right when things started to cool in January, right, the price of cars, used cars, uh, dropped 1.3%, like clockwork, then consumer prices went down 1.5% two months later. So there is apparently something to this. Uh, and, you know, I don't. there's so many economic indicators, Steve, out there that you can yeah. look at. I mean, it's really hard to say this is what's going to happen, this is not what's going to happen. Andy Souter, Chief Investment Officer, it blows my mind how many of these yeah. he follows that he has a, a significant grasp on. But when you put all these things together, it makes a, a pretty good picture of the economy. They're all like puzzle pieces. And I think what we're, we would say that what we're seeing right now is that overall the economy is pretty healthy. You know, no great fear of a recession in the next few months. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, knowledge is good. I got that from Animal House. But um, <laughs> the more data you get, the more data points, the more you can say, okay, these are outliers and the people on cable TV that are expressing, you know, extreme views, uh, they're not on, on it. It's it's the general consensus. And, and that is that the economy's chugging along very nicely. And, and we'll get through this. We'll be fine. You've been listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC, the talk station. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.